Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. All right, guys, welcome back to the Richard's Golf Show podcast, episode 151. We're flying through. Nice. Um, this, spon- this podcast has also been sponsored by the Duke's St. Andrews, a wonderful golf course, just 10 minutes away from the town of St. Andrews. I was actually up there this weekend. Stayed at the Old Course Hotel. Standard. Which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, it's such a different place now after the Open. Mm. Like it's only a few months after, yet it just looks totally different. Um, but I went up to the Dukes, uh, met some friends up there. They actually played the golf course. Couldn't speak highly enough of the place. Of the place, And I sat up there in the clubhouse, which overlooks the entire golf course. If you don't know about the Dukes, obviously there's loads of golf courses in St. Andrews, but the Dukes is a Heathland golf course, and it's definitely worth playing. They also have memberships there, open for hosting golf days, um, and the food up there was magnificent. What did you have? Unbelievable. I actually had fish and chips. Standard. It was really... I'm actually going to call it fish and chips, but it was more like whaling chips. Talk to me about sauces. What's your vibe with the fish and chips? I don't go tartar. Okay. It comes as standard, doesn't it? Yeah. Tartar, lemon on the side. You're pure ketchup. Ketchup, bit of salt, bit of vinegar, ketchup... And, and I just tucked in, overlooking, the windows were at the front, it was a beautiful day on, on Friday when I was up there, overlooking St. Andrews, you can see the bay, you can see the, the. I think it's the ninth and 18th hole that actually comes right up to the clubhouse, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. You um, Were you ketchup on the chips or at the side dunkable? I can't think what you do normally. In private, yeah, I'm all over. Yeah. In public, I'm a little bit more on the side. Of a dunker. Yeah. I like a dunk, though, because you get more on it. I just feel like sometimes if you spread ketchup all the way over the chips and the and the, and the fish, which is what I deep down want to do, yeah. I feel like I'd be judged. I feel like that's a bit more of a vibe, like a greasy spoon, in it. You <laughs> yeah. put it all over, and you're like, slobbering. It's all stuck in your beard. <laughs> yeah. Not anyway. really something for the Dukes Clubhouse vibe, that is it. No, it's but not. But that's all well and good, but if I want to learn more about the Dukes Golf Club, but what do I do? Jump over to the dukescourse.co.uk. We'll put all the links in the YouTube video and also on the podcast. There's memberships available. Uh, there's also a Scottish golf rate if you live in Scotland. And if you want to find out more about hosting a fantastic golf day at the Dukes, go and check it out. 10 minutes away from town. You can link it up with a few different golf courses while you're there. Night out in St. Andrews, a few scoops, and jobs are good. 
I'm sold. Can we do this quickly so I can go out get him a kangle switch to the Dukes? Because you sold it to me. Um, yeah, thanks to the Dukes. Um, nice. Definitely worth checking out. Maybe a break 75 in the future. Who knows? I'd like that. Um, today is an action-packed podcast. Yes. And it's one of those where we've had some... We ask for emails a lot. And if you want to send an email, it's podcast at rickshields.com. Simple. We've had some really good ones. And I've got two fantastic emails. And we've had loads of good Facebook questions, which is always good. Um, but I want to start off with a question for you. Okay. Okay. Fire. Fire away. We don't do questions at the end, but let's go. This is a question from me to you. Oh, okay. It's a bit loaded, right? And I've got a reason why I'm going to ask it you. But basically, on um, Saturday, I went to Trafford Golf Centre. That's no surprise. I'm there most Saturdays. Most Saturdays. And um, I was meeting a friend. Utilising the black card. Absolutely. Just smashing the black. 120 balls. And I get there, just throwing them out the range. I hit about 15, and last seven, just launch them. (laughs) And then what I do then is I will look at people who just paid for balls and go, watch this, and throw mine off and laugh at them. Wow. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, But no, jokes aside. I met with an old friend, Ben, who used to be... um, Really good friends at the golf club when we were growing up. Yeah. And we went on a trip to the Open at St. Andrews 2005. Went to Centre Park a few times. We were like best buds growing up. And we don't see each other as much now, which is a, a, a silly, really. We should do, but we, we do keep in touch. And he asked me about going hitting some balls on Saturday. I was like, yeah, let's go Trafford. I'll okay. card it up. Okay. But the, the, the benefit of being friends with Ben is not only was he just a friend, his parents owned a bakery. So we brought me two pies, meat Very and potato nice. pies. Very nice. So my plan was range with him, yeah. then to the gym. Okay. In reality, it was range with him, pie in the car, pie when I get home, no gym. Um, But what's good good about Ben is he used to be a hardcore golfer like me. We were obsessed. 2004-05 was our era. Think about Lindeberg back in the day. 100%. Boxing Day, I think 2004. uh, Sorry, Christmas Day, 2004. His parents went big on him for Lindeberg. Boxing Day, we played golf. I was so jealous. He, he was, was wearing sweatbands. Sweatbands. Sweatbands on the 26th belts. of December. Absolutely he was. Completely not what he should have been wearing. No need. But he wanted to show off his new jail. And all I had was one pox in Lindbergh belt and he had the full outfit. I was so jealous of him at the time. But anyway, we went to the range. Now, what's great about seeing him is his golf bag has not changed since the glory years. Oh, my right? goodness. So he's pretty much got all the clubs he had when we were hardcore juniors, right? Wow. Pink crazy putter. Please tell me you turned up in full JL as well. He did. It's really weird. <laughs> Same clothes that he, he had, had on. a bag full of pies under Lindenberg. Um, but we're hitting ball. It was that good thing what we sometimes do at the range where there's two of you. I'm like, this top tracer on. Yeah, great. Yeah. We're looking at a bit of numbers. But it's like hit five or six, swap over, little nice. debate, little chat, little kind of monster. You, you know the drill. Yeah, you know the nice. vibe. That's, That's your nice. vibe. Isn't it? Was it early? About a little half tenner. All right. Yeah, it was half tenner. Quite tenor. late for you. Yeah, I'm normally there earlier. Anyway. His driver, see if you remember this one. So his driver was actually his, his probably his most recent club, weirdly, out of his bag. And tailor-made, R9, super deep, TP. Don't. It's filth. One of the, I'm going to say it, sexiest. If you want to bleep that out, you have to. Sexiest golf clubs <laughs> you've ever seen in your life, This right? podcast has just become X-rated. <laughs> just become 18 only. <laughs> right. And he was hitting it, right? What did it sound like? Nice. Did it Pure. look small? Yes and no. It's small in a sense that it's not obviously that doesn't look as wide, but it's deep. Hence the name, super deep. Well, um, if if you are watching this podcast, we'll put an image on. If you're listening, jump over to the YouTube channel so you'll see the image. Yes, and it launched in 2010, so it's 12 years old now. My goodness! And he was hitting it, and he was getting about like his best ones, good ones, like 160 ball speed. And I was like, oh yeah, that's good hit to hit. And I went, oh, have a go with my driver. I've got the Ping G425 Max. To me, the best driver since sliced bread. Right? He hit mine. But what when Ben put that? club down behind the ball it was looked any... like it was massive I was right? going to say was there, did he give any feedback like, straight away yeah he's just that looks huge okay 
Looks like a frying pan. Yeah. Which is what I felt like we said almost every year growing up as a kid. Because they got bigger, didn't they? But every year, drivers got bigger. Do you remember the Hippo Giant 400cc? I do. That was, that was massive. The one the one that I always remember being, and this was very, very early on, and I've seen this driver ever since, the biggest Big Bertha. Yeah. Callaway's like biggest Big Bertha. And I remember at the time, almost thinking it was a joke golf club. Well, this very much links to where this story's going. You're, you're on the right tracks here. So, he hit my driver. And even though this is weird, I obviously don't work for Ping. I don't endorse Ping products. I was hoping he was going to hit it and go, I love that. I don't know why. You know yeah, when you've yeah. got something of yours? I don't know yeah. why, why that is. I was just hoping he was going to smash and, and it. And to some degree, you want to see... You're, you're, you're hopefully you're proud of golf and the development it's done and the innovation. You want the latest and greatest to outperform... 20-year driver. Exactly. But? It didn't. So he hit my driver. Obviously, it was louder. It was bigger. And this is only a very simple uh, kind of story. It's not. It wasn't obviously backed up with loads of the data. But long story short, he was hitting my one. And again, his best one was like 160 ball speed. And his all right one's like mid-150s. And I was thinking, this driver is a top-of-the-range current driver. His one was a great driver. It's 12 years old. Not a lot's changed, has it? No. Now, you could go down the route, oh, yeah, but the new ones are more forgiving on your offensive hits and all that boring stuff. But for Ben, who's kind of semi-getting back into golf, what's the incentive there for him to go and buy a new driver? So my question for you really is, and it's a very loaded one, there's lots of different stories, but a bit of a talking point for today, and we want to hear your comments as well. So if you're listening, send us an email, podcast at rickshields.com. If you're watching, get in those comments now. Are new golf clubs a bit of a waste of money? It's a great question. And we're around a new release season as well. It is. Coming it's get, up very, it's very soon. Very, very close. Well, yeah, it, it feels it certainly feels like we've got to a point right now in time. And maybe we've been delusional in this this point might have come ten years ago or five years ago. Products aren't as exciting and aren't changing as much. Nowhere near the speed of the early two thousands and back in the nineteen nineties, early two thousands. Every single product launch was different. It was new. Every time they were pushing the boundaries. And at that point, they were nowhere near the boundary of performance, like the governing bodies and everything, all this. Um, a, a bar the illegal drivers that became illegal. Do you remember the ones yeah, with yeah. the hot faces? But like I say, it's got to a point now where a lot of the new drivers are starting to be leaked. I've seen images of new pings. I've seen images of new Cobra. Uh, obviously, new Titleist drivers are out. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, somewhat similar story to you, but only only on a tweet. I got a tweet from a guy this uh, this morning, actually. Uh, Pask Boy, at Pask Boy. Hey, Rick, new golfer here. My dad gave me his old set. Would these be best to use, or are they, are they bad clubs? And basically, it sent me images. It's a Titleist Titanium 985, uh, 983K. I had it myself. And how good is that driver? He had tailor-made burner irons, the one with the... the Almost the face looked curved, even though they weren't. Right. I'll show you your images in a minute. He had some like ultra wedges and he had a Rossa Monza putter. Oh, yes. You know the triangle yes, one? Yes, I do. So I sent him a message back because he's asking me, are these, are these bad? Should I not be using these? He had a couple of Adam Tight Lies three wood and five wood. Again, very good. amazing. I just said, these were amazing clubs in the early t- 2000s. They're still really good Unbelievable. now. And I think that's the thing. It's like... Again, it's a bit of a silly question. It's more just to spark the debate and get different kind of thoughts. But, you know, if Ben wanted to go out and say, right, I'm getting back into golf, I fancy a new driver, just because I work hard, I want to get myself a nice new driver or whatever, 
And that then maybe slightly inspires him to go the range a bit more because he wants to try his new golf club and then in turn he gets better at golf and he's hitting more golf balls. It makes sense. Or equally, and obviously, if you've got clubs that you've been handed that are fitted for a six foot five person and you're five foot five, they're not going to be ideal for you. But it just did get me thinking. I think we talk this sometimes, it's not something new. We've, we've had this conversation before. But when you actually see it in real life and you take away like the glitz of, of, a, of a, a commercial or anything like that and you actually see someone in real life on a bit of a cold morning in Manchester, and they're whacking a driver that's 12 years old, and then equally whacking a driver that's essentially the current line, and there's literally little to no difference. It does make you think, actually, we are sometimes fools, aren't yeah. we, getting sucked into these stories by brands. I've been much less inclined to swap golf clubs this year. Mm. You've not, have you really? Driver? Not, a no. putter and that now and again dabble, but I've had the driver in the bag for a long time. Obviously, my three would forever. My irons for plenty of time now. Yeah. My wedges forever. I don't, I don't know. I just, nothing is coming out. And I'm very fortunate. I'm in a really strong position where if I got wanted to test a club, I could do maybe put it in the bag. I'm not even that arsed. I know why it is. And it sounds weird. I think I know why it is. Because this year, and maybe some of last year, you've actually played more golf than ever with Break 75s. Yeah. And I think the same. I, my club's obviously quite well, very good, but they're not like, I'm, I've got an old version of irons, a newer version of the Titleist irons that I've got that I've not got or anything like that. But well, I think when you're playing more golf, you actually realise that it's you that hits. It sounds obvious, but it's you that hits yeah, the bad shots. Definitely. If you duff a chip, you know it's not your Vokey's fault, is no. it? If I hit a driver out of bounds, I know it's me and not the driver. But maybe a couple of years previous when you were testing more clubs and actually playing as much, you probably even, you were also getting sucked into Tricky, it. Tricking you were, myself. Well, yeah, because you were reviewing so much stuff. And you're like, right, today we're reviewing X club. They claim it's longer, da, da, da. Even if you don't prove that correct and you know it's not correct, you still probably get a little bit sucked into it 100%. on the golf course you don't no and also there's enough track record in those golf clubs of good shots i've hit yeah that's not, very not true the, i know i can hit those clubs really good i wonder then on that note if when people go for a fitting you obviously you go into a simulator you hit good shots you hit bad shots bad shots may get deleted potentially which is sometimes there's some there's some uh merit, merit behind that. that because yeah if you top one with a new driver that you don't do very often there's no point in that skewing your results but if you got given, I know you can't really do this, but given the finished article and said, right, Rick, you got fitted for an 8.5 degree extra stiff, tightless TSR, here it is. And then before you actually paid for it, you went and played 18 holes. Mm. I wonder if that would actually sometimes sway people away because you go, Definitely. first tee, oh, that's a slice out of bounds. Fourth hole, snap hook. You actually think, oh, I'm wasting 550 quid on this. I'd love there to be a system where you almost got fitted while playing golf. That would be class. Do you know your golf clubs can almost measure everything and at the end, it prints off like a prescription to go, okay, after maybe it's not, maybe one round's not enough, maybe a couple of rounds. We've noticed X, Y, and Z. And because of this, we believe you need this length of club, this lie, yeah. this, you, you're missing, you're missing a shot that goes 110 yards. You're missing um, around the green. Every time you tried to use your sand wedge out the bunker, you failed where your lob wedge was much better. Like, I feel like if it gave you all, almost like, almost a coach within your golf clubs, mm. Like the golf industry could boom on that. It really could. I think that's the thing. They're definitely not saying people shouldn't go out and buy new golf clubs because if you want them and you work hard or there's something you just really want to get, get it. And it, just, it can be. I think most of us, when we're growing up, we become like kids again when you get a new shiny golf club, don't you? And you I remember growing up getting like an Odyssey two ball and almost taking it to bed with me yeah, and like just, cleaning it all I, the time. I, and I have slept with golf clubs in the past. <laughs> that's just sound like that, please. I have slept with golf clubs 100% <laughs> without even a question. I have. Without even a question. And I see it now. That was, that was at the Duke's course this weekend. <laughs> because sometimes I feel like when... I, mean, I see it with my kids now when they get a new toy. 
the best thing in the world. Absolutely. At that moment in time. And, and when I got golf clubs as a kid, it was the best thing in the world at that time. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to part ways with it. I, I was, I would bath it. I would, you know, I'd do everything <laughs> with it. I can imagine these like little scenes like going on a roller coaster with her and having, having a romantic meal opposite my uh, Callaway steelhead driver. Going for an eye test. Mr. Shields, next to you walking. Rick, why have you got a set of golf clubs with you? Just because I don't, don't want to leave them anywhere. <laughs> Taking them into school and smooching with them in the corner. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, that's, that's the love affair. And this was a very interesting range night. I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago when it happened. Um, I was fascinated about looking at golf clubs, what people had in the bag. I love it. I was fascinated and you know what caught my eye more than anything the old ones the, what, the, the, there's something about memories as well isn't yeah. there and it takes you back but yeah I'm, i agree i feel very fortunate we grew up in a time playing as kids where i feel like we had the biggest burst of of evolution in Absolutely. the golf industry graphite shafts titanium heads and, I, and all those memories just come flooding back every time you see like an old scotty cameron or an old do you remember that guy um i wanted to buy all of them he had like Oh, what was it now? Is it D nine seven five D? And he had the the oh, title. Is it a PT fairway? Did he have? I can't remember. No, I think he had all matching oh, driver three wood and insane. five wood. And that's the club I want to hit. I don't want to hit the guy who had the Nike Sasquatch square yeah. driver. I, I needed to hit that driver. Um, it's. I mean, again, that's maybe a more walk down memory lane and not a true reflection of the golf industry. But it, but it's something fascinating about these golf equipments that are from yesteryear. Well, it's a little bit similar um, when we were speaking to Richard Hammond, maybe on podcast and also off podcast in kind of more real life, if you like. We were asking him what cars he's got. And most of them, we didn't have a clue what they were no. because like old retro things. He's Correct. not getting that excited about a new Range Rover or whatever it might be. It's probably like you with golf clubs. You've had access to every golf club. So if someone walked in now with a set of brand new tailor-made, you've got, oh, nice golf clubs. But if someone came with a set of tailor-made 15 years ago yeah. and they got some RAC rack irons or whatever and, and you're thinking, oh, I want to have a go with them again. But that's it. If you want to buy new golf clubs, do. Absolutely do. It's fun. It's exciting. There's nothing better than taking that wrapper off for the first time and skying your driver. Um, but it's, it's something that um, don't expect to get suddenly amazing at golf by owning new shiny sticks. I've got... I think this is almost a concrete, definitive, end of sentence. Golf is really, really hard. Yeah. Saw something over the weekend. It was a Monday qualifier, and it was, um, I believe it was three rounds of golf. And this one particular player. I know, I've seen this. Have you seen this? Played the front nine under par all week. Yeah. Okay. Played the back nine under par all week. Played the par threes under par all week. Par fours under par all week. Par fives under par all week. Made one bogey. One out of three rounds of golf, or maybe even four. It was four. Sorry, four rounds of golf. Made one bogey. And he is heading home after missing the cut at first stage qualifier. That's insane. Get this as well. This is mad. And I thought, it must. this mustn't be... What? It's a par 72, 7,267 yards, a monster of a golf course. Average par three length was 209 yards. The longest was 227. The shortest was 190. Average par four length, 420 yards. That's a good, that's a really, that's almost the hardest par four at every golf course locally that we know. That's the average. Um, And the par five average was 558 yards. And this particular gentleman, I actually don't know if ever disclosed his name. I'm sure I can find out. I'm sure people will know. He had one bogey all week and shot. How did he miss out by then? Must only been a couple. I kind of only saw the tweet and didn't really follow the full story. I thought, I've got to talk about this in the podcast. 
How the hell? And then I didn't. Admittedly, I didn't watch loads of golf this weekend. No. It was the President's Cup, USA versus International. Um, it kind of doesn't include, obviously, Europe, so I'm not that wasn't that bothered. I've kind of watched little bits. I also watched a little bit of DP World Tour, the final round. Um, I, I always get his name wrong. Uh, uh, oh Guido. God, Guido. Guido's easier than his surname, isn't it? I think I'm sure that's Guy in Italian. Is it? I think it is. He's he's a he's a baller. His final round, he had like nine birdies. And birded the 18th hole at Le Golf National, the French course, where it hosted the Ryder Cup, which nobody birded all day. He hit this 35-yard cut into the back right pin position, not to in for birdie to set up a clubhouse lead of 16 under, which uh, Rasmus couldn't catch up. How? He had six, he had five birdies in a row at one point. How? You know what I think's mad about How are so good? Well, this is the thing, right? So when you've got to look at the levels of golfers, everyone that's got the guy at their golf club who's a scratch golfer who just seems amazing. And scratch golf, obviously, is a very, very good level of golf, of course it is. But you look at that guy you just mentioned a minute ago who was going for like a tour qualifier, missed out, and he's going ridiculous under par. So you think about how good you have to be to get on tour, right? That's just unbelievably good golf. It is. We've seen James Robinson, our friend, many a time, and you watch him and think, how are you not on tour still? And he was like... Dyson says I wasn't good enough. Yep. So you think you have to be so good to get on tour, clearly. Then you have to be a certain level of elite golf to even get the certain level of tour card to be in the bigger events. Then you have to make the cut, which again, you've got all these guys who are amazing golfers. A lot of them are going to be in form. You've got to make the cut. Guido was 10 shots back when when he made the cut. It's insane. And then to go on and win, the person sounds such an obvious statement, but the person that wins each week on tour is playing a level of golf that is just absolutely mind-boggling, isn't it? I it just really can't, is. I mean, that uh, Rasmus Hogart, I, I almost wanted him to win because he's on the third day, he took an eight on a par three. And I don't believe a winner has ever, uh, uh, they've never had a winner that's had a um, five over on one hole and still won. The, the, it's, it's insane. <laughs> the only thing that kind of upsets me a bit about this sometimes is, though, when you look at, like, um, athletes, like the marathon, there's that, um, I always get his name wrong. Oh, he, didn't he, he lo- set a new record yeah, this Kipchoge. weekend? Kipchoge, I can say his surname, Kipchoge. He did, like, two hours, one, maybe, in yeah. a marathon. He's has done less than two hours, but it was unofficial. So he's done a marathon in two hours. Now, I do a little bit of running, as do you. Although I can't even dream of how hard that must be, I can put into, I can almost imagine how far I can do in two hours, and it obviously would be nowhere near that, oh. right? So you can kind of somewhat get an understanding. But when you see these guys shooting scores at a golf course that you've never played, you know, with certain tees that you can't even imagine of, with pin positions, with thick rough, with crowds, with pressure... I almost, you really can't comprehend what it's no. like, can you? And I think that's why our series with 10-shot challenge against the Tour Pro has been so yeah. successful. Because as much as, yeah, I've not always played the greatest in those matches, it just gives you a sense of these guys. And to be honest, neither has Tommy, Sam, um, Tommy uh, Lee Westwood or Adam Scott. They've not completely burnt the golf course up when I played them. But they comfortably beat me 10 shots in yeah. one round of golf. This is four rounds of golf for tournament, or three and live. Like, what the hell? I, didn't you say you watched a running video, though, of a guy who was on a treadmill at the speed? This is insane, right? So there's a guy, I watched a YouTube video of him. He's like the Rick Shields of running, and he's a good runner. He can run a 5K. <laughs> he in, might not be the Rick Shields of, <laughs> of running. <yeah. laughs> he can run a 5K, which is 3.11 miles, in, I think, 15 minutes 30, which oh is like... God. Absolutely. I think the world record's 12-something, so he's, like a, he's a super elite runner. And he set up a treadmill at the pace that Kipchoge runs a marathon at, so around the two-hour pace. And he's like, right, I'm going to run on this treadmill, 
for as long as I can. He said, I'm actually going to put it up a little bit faster because it's on a treadmill. There's no wind resistance. Yeah. So this little, you put it up like 0.3 of a kilometre faster an hour or whatever it was or something. So that it kind of equaled out exactly the same characteristics that Kipchoge runs at. Now, Kipchoge runs for two hours at this pace. This guy, a super, super, super elite athlete, could do 10 minutes. <laughs> Like honest to God, Kipchoge's running pace is what I do sprints on the on the treadmill at like twenty seconds, and I'm literally blowing. And he's doing two hours at that speed. Unbelievable, isn't it? What is it in kilometers or miles per hour? Do you know? So kilometers an hour, I think it's around twenty two, twenty three kilometers. I mean, most treadmills don't go that fast. It might be a tiny bit slower. I don't, but it's it's along those lines. It's incredibly fast. What the hell? For two hours. Do you know what scares me even more? The new crop of golfer. Even better. I know. It's Did you see this weekend, Charlie Woods. No, I didn't see this. Shot a career low 68. Okay, now I don't know the length of the golf course. It was a par 72. It's in Orlando. And he was playing in the Notabegay qualifier. Okay. Dad's on the bag. How did I miss this? T-Dub's on the bag. And Charlie Woods goes round and shoots four under par, including Eagle, and near, Ho- near Albatross... I'd love to know how long the golf course because I don't actually know, but it's his new... He did a post-round interview. He's oh, so much God. like his dad. It's ridiculous. Do you think it's it's right, this level of attention or not? Um, for for Because how old is he? Like 14 or something? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of scrutiny. Do you remember watching that um, Netflix documentary, The Short Game? Yeah. It's been going on for years, this. like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Certainly in America, that outrageously elite level of of scrutiny and professionalism and competition for these young kids and that's really hard you throw in then the mix that your bloody dad is tiger woods i mean what how does i I mean he's so confident it's it's outrageous i mean does it give you confidence that tiger woods your dad or does it i I think it would mess my head personally yeah it's a very tough one isn't it i think the only thing that is interesting is if he's as passionate about golf as he, he appears to be with the facilities he'll have at home, with his dad's expertise, with obviously getting any golf clubs in the world that he wants fitted for him perfectly. You think he's in the best position ever. But then equally, you think, does some lad who or girl who comes from nothing, do they have even more drive? Like, potentially, it's, yeah. it's insane. But it's, it is a very... I, I very much love seeing things about Charlie Woods and hearing the stories because it's fascinating that the best golfer of all time, son, is potentially going to go the same way. But you do wonder, long-term, is it going to have any impact on him being under such a such kind of scrutiny and being in the you know being so well known at such a young age I mean, let's say i will maybe try and link it but i'll show you that on the phone did like a post post round interview with like this kind that. of presenter and and like he's on the putting green there with his dad his dad's caddying and his dad decided not to go president's cup and watch and spectate to go and to go and obviously caddy for his son that's insane i was um talking about you last night Speaking oh, about yeah, again. yeah, I was oh. so yesterday, <laughs> Sunday, okay. I went to Anfield. Oh, yeah, and I was watching Liverpool women versus yes. Everton women in the derby. Oh, nice, at Anfield it was really good. What match? Liverpool got beat, oh. destroyed. Oh. I think it was either 3 0 or 4 0. Everton was so good. Who's the actual better team against them? With I think them two? it is Everton. Is it? Everton was so much better. Um. But basically, my, my niece um, started doing football training. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't know this, I don't have children yet, but like. Girls football in England is getting so much more popular. Massive. Like really, like I think it's literally at primary school age, it's borderline 50-50. Yeah, literally, I, I went out in the garden with my girls last night and I take, I, I probably a bit sexist of me, I take my boys, I take my boys, sorry, football in the morning, Saturday morning, 
because he's shown the most interest and really wants to do it. And there's no girls in the class, it's only boys. I take my girls dancing in the afternoon. There's no boys in the class, only girls. Yeah, but, but at school, yeah, uh, we played in the garden last night a little bit of football. My girls know how to stop it, how to pass, how to run. Uh, they, they kept shouting, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> like they, they, they're like, they know a bit of the lingo already. Well, they watch you watching the match. True. You're a hardcore fan. <laughs> um, so my little niece has gone to like football training. And what's really cool is her, um, like, she doesn't play for the team, such as she goes training. They got a lot of free tickets to go to Anfield. So, like, obviously, their parents could get a load. So, my brother got four. So, my brother, my little niece, me and my dad went to the match, right? And obviously, because all the little kids from the team were those people that my brother kind of knew of sat around us. Anyway, long story short, this is going somewhere. There was a, 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 a kind of middle aged older bloke walking up there at half time, I kind of back up the stairs, who my dad knew, who lives near where my dad was, used to live, blah, blah, blah. So, we came over having a chat. I had his grandson with him, who was 11, right? And he was kind of really smiling at me a lot. <laughs> I was like, hiya, mate. And he went, hiya. And I was like, good match. He went, yeah. And he was just looking at me and he went, I played golf today at Huffwood. Oh, now that's, that's my it. home golf course. So That was like, a signal to you. Yeah. I was like, all right. I said, do you watch Rick's videos? He went, yeah. And basically for the next second half, we were talking about golf all the way. Oh, about it. what's in his bag, the videos, the good, good videos. So his name was Shay. I said, right, Shay. He got to get a picture. Went, yeah, yeah. So we got a picture. I said, we'll talk about this in the podcast tomorrow. Oh, and it. then on the way out, we were um, walking to the car. We must have parked near each other. We were walking out together for ages. And he was asking about this. And then at one point he went, what's Rick really like off camera? Oh, he told him the truth. I told him the absolute oh, truth. Oh, no, I said, he's exactly the same. And then he had a question <laughs> that really intrigued me. He said, um, when you finish the podcast, you take your headphones off. What do you do then? Oh, what an interesting question. Yeah, it was. I said, well, what we do then, if you normally say, what a load of trash that was, don't we? <laughs> we'll, we'll say to Matt, are we even using that? Yeah, that's what we say. And, and then Matt, I said, Matt, like, shows who Matt, Matt edits all the uh, podcast, he kind of sends the signal like, nah, lads, it was not. terrible, let's do it again. But yeah, it was just interesting. I thought you never know where you're going to be when you'll meet a Rick Shields fan. Oh, that's, so that's you, nice. You're always going Shay. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching, Shay. Really appreciate it. Was he a Liverpool fan, though? I think he was in a Liverpool hat on. So, yeah, he asked what team you support. And then he said this really funny thing as well, actually. One more thing he said. He, was really, he gave you a little burn, which is hilarious. Well, his dad would give you a little burn. His dad said, I think his dad's a good golfer. I think he's after one. He wasn't there, his dad, but he's a good golfer. And I'm, I can't remember if he said they have a membership at Conway or they just play at Conway sometimes. But anyway, and um, you play at Conway. And he said, what's the hole that you... you 14. Yeah, he said, they got to 14 the other day. And uh, as he walking down to the green, his dad said to him, why well, didn't have a look for Rick's ball? And then Shay <laughs> went, couldn't. both of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> they are lost and gone forever. They are. You're never going to find those. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really interesting weekend for, for golf. Obviously, they had um, DP World Tour, we talked about a little bit. Um, President's Cup, we didn't see loads of. Um, but also, I want to, there was another big event. Golf. Okay. Yeah. I saw this on Twitter, and it's really interesting at the moment. There's lots of talk about money in golf, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Okay, Rule, ruling the show. It's all about money, how much people are getting paid, and this, that, and the other. I saw a tweet about a professional golfer complaining about how much money. In a, they've won too much? No, they've not won enough. All right, okay. Okay. <laughs> now, this was an event, a local event, PGA North Region. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but why I'm bringing this story up is I almost want to show the world and certainly people listening that I feel like golf at the moment is, and I've said this a lot of time on the podcast get a bad rap for how much money is being lavished around you know DJ winning four million and da 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 it's like all millions and millions and millions Peter Scott put on so after after two days battling around Bolton or the Lynx golf course okay 
in Lancashire, I finished 20th, okay? Out of how many? It, actually not put, but out of 20th, okay? I finished 20th. To win a grand total of £115, okay? Entry fee was £100, and petrol there and back from Southport for two days all end up losing money. Yeah, I know I should have put, played better, but do you think this is acceptable? First place got £1,100. Um, it got me thinking... What professionals who are competing at a more local level, how how are they going to be incentivized or be motivated to kind of play in stuff like this? Like, is it is it the fact that should money basically be coming from the top and filtering down into all level of professional golf, or will professional golf like this die off at some point soon? Mm. I feel like it'll die off pretty soon. So I don't think golf pros are going to be playing for such small amounts of money when they're seeing all these big, big pros playing for shed loads of money? Yeah, I can try to digest it and, and, and come up with my conclusion on this. I think the strange thing is, you know when you enter these tournaments what the prize money is. True. So if you weren't happy with it and the petrol money was going to do your heading and taking hours out of the pro shop or whatever he might do with his other full-time job, well, if it's not going to... It's your risk, isn't it? It's literally a risk. So almost like a gamble. Well, yeah, if you if it's a th- I mean I'm sure you wouldn't be saying if you won if you won twelve hundred which is twelve hundred quid, quid, yeah. quid first place that would have been quite good. Yeah. So no, it's not a simple same play better, but I suppose if you're entering a tournament and you know what the prices is, it's not like it's I'd, I'd very much doubt with the with the, um, the North Region stuff it's a hidden prize pot and then at the end you find out it will be the same most weeks I guess. Yeah. And and you know without being rude a little bit brutal about it, but the reason the prize pots are so short is because there's not much sponsor involvement because. Why would they? It's not televised, obviously. They don't. You don't get spectators, or you might get a couple of people caddying potentially. Yeah. So there's no incentive for a sponsor to really sponsor it. We've had we've, we've seen this in local tours where sponsors do come on board. Sometimes a local car dealership or something, but they're doing it very much as a good PR piece because there's no return on investment. Is it? it's not hitting eyeballs. It's not really elevating their brand by sponsoring a, a tournament. The reason that the big brands want to sponsor football teams or whatever is because it validates their brand. It gets yeah. in front of millions of eyeballs. It almost makes your brand seem more authentic and trusted. I remember, silly analogy, but I got a tyre from my car once that was that Yakamoto, whatever it's called, who's just sponsored Chelsea or may still do, I can't remember. And when I got it, I was like, oh yeah, I know that brand. I almost trusted the tyre more because they paid for Chelsea's yeah, kit. Which you is, might have never heard of that car exactly. company before you know, that. And that's why Emirates pay Arsenal ever much and sponsor the ground because then people fly Emirates and it seems more of a, of a, a trusted brand, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get to is on these smaller tours, there's not the incentive for brands to do that, business to do that. And if you're only getting 20 guys, 30 guys turning up, who are paying 100 quid, well, simple maths would tell you that's going to be three grand. Yeah. So if there's three grand, the first guy's getting one grand. But also, you've got to factor in like things like green fees and stuff. Well, that's it. Because golf clubs are going to be taking green fees for something like this. Because uh, they're the effectively shutting the golf course for two days. Well, that's it. So, you you know, you, you give your guy the grand. That that takes the price potentially down to, to, to two grand or whatever. You know, I'm sure there's staff there who need paying. So... I suppose the only thing is you either pay more as a, an entry fee, which is even more of a gamble. If you pay £500 each, but then obviously you come last and don't get anything. So it's a tough one, really. I understand as an aspiring professional golfer, it must be very difficult to 
to, to, to fund that career and I don't envy those guys at all and I massively respect them to, to go out and play golf I mean that's where you I do respect these guys almost more than tour pros yeah. because these guys are literally going out trying to pay for the mortgage that must be I cannot imagine I, I'm a weasel on the golf course anyway I, I can hit out of bounds and I've got a half decent scorecard going yeah. never mind if I was playing for a mortgage I couldn't hit the golf ball so I, the, the better golfer than I will ever be um, so I'm, but, I'm just looking now online there's probably about 80 players playing in it there was a cut after the first day. Right. So you had to shoot under plus three to get through the cut. Um, and then, like I say, it was then pretty much everybody, let me just check, did everyone that made the cut get paid? No. Um, so £25 was the least amount of money. So you had to shoot You had to shoot no more than one over par for two rounds of golf. You win £25. Yet your entry fee was £100. Yeah, I suppose it's, it is tough, but I suppose then you say, where does that money come from? If, yeah. if there was more money in that event, it's either a sponsor which that's where the money comes from. But if nobody wants to sponsor it, then where does that money... You know, the live money is coming from the Saudi government. They're yeah. not going to necessarily want it. They could do as another PR piece, invest in local PJ. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're not going to because there's nothing really for them to yeah. do it. So I can see both sides, really. I can I can kind of sympathise to some degree, but then at the same time, you end these tournaments knowing the risk, don't yeah, you? Yeah, well, it's, I'm just looking now again on the website. It says the prize fund was seven grand. Well, that so, would be right then, wouldn't it? Because yeah. wasn't it eight... How many people did you say there were? So first place got 1,100. How oh, many so, Sorry, about, about 80. So if it's 100, did you say 100 and odd pound each? Yeah, 100 pound each. So that's eight grand. So yeah. I'm contesting the grand has gone out to pay either members of staff or yeah. loan the golf course. Yeah. So then you're splitting the prize pot. 
failure, you know? Yeah, it seems that way. I, it just, it dawned on me, I just saw it. And I just thought to myself, because it was quite an interesting thread and I was seeing there was lots of back and forth, exactly what you're saying there. There was people saying, oh no, you know, that you're only paying £100. How do, you, how do you expect to make any more money? There's other people going, this is shocking. I can't believe that you're paying two rounds of golf for that. These are all professional golfers. And like I say, they've all probably got professional jobs where they've got to take time off out there being a head pro and they've got to pay an assistant. It's just, I just, how many different levels of professional golf can can continue at such scale? Like you've got you've got the big 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 tours. A, a tours like this just is what it is, and people just play for the prize money. Does it become a bigger deal? I don't know. I just saw I it. I just the, thought it'd be an interesting the, point. It is no. It's it, the thing is though. I would say is the fact that Live has had an influx of capital, and obviously the tours have has no impact on this because this was still getting played for the same amount of money. Yeah. I've got a close friend Barry Taylor who was good god golfer at this level who won loads of these events, but still not really enough to massively make a career out of it. And he's now gone on to coaching, which is killing it in coaching. Still plays the odd thing here and there. Yeah, but. It's it's kind of I suppose it comes down to individual. If if you're good enough, you would progress through the tours. The, the tough thing is some people don't have that backing to take the to take that plunge. But it's like football, isn't it? You've got the Premier League where they earn eye watering money. You got right down to the non league where the professional footballers earning like thirty grand a year, which is a, a good salary for the average yeah. person, I guess. But for a professional footballer, it's not what you think of, is it? No. So well, I even remember seeing. I've been watching that kind of. This is. Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. And they were talking about the salaries on that. Living like, in shared houses. Oh my God, like, these are supposed to be professional footballers yeah, exactly. playing for a, a team that I know. Yeah, yeah. Wrexham is a team that I know and, and they're, they're earning, you know, they're just about getting by and like say sharing houses and everything else. They're not, they're not pulling up in big Range Rovers and they've got, you know, the trophy wife and, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's just very... It, How, do you know the guy in question? How... So he, he was from Southport and Ainsdale. Uh, Peter Scott is called. Um... Is he a younger guy or no? No, he, he looks. Let me see if there's much on his profile. I've not really messaged Peter to try to discuss this. Well, he's he's um, uh, funny enough. By the looks of things, he he actually doesn't do bad a lot of the time. This is probably one of his worst place finishes. By the looks of things, normally he's in the top ten most tournaments. I think, again, I think my other kind of sympathy for guys like, I'm guessing him, is that they're probably a, a strange level of golf. Well, let's just say I decided tomorrow to, to lose my amateur status and turn pro, right? Which anybody can do. Yeah. And I said, right, I'm going to start playing in North Region events or whatever it might be. And I'm going to pay the entry fee and I'm going to play in them. I wouldn't make a penny because I'm not good enough. Yeah. So it wouldn't take long unless I had some backing of somebody where I go, right, I'm not making any money. I can't pay my bills, right? There's other guys, obviously, in the European Tour, DP World Tour, whatever, who are making squillions. But guys maybe like that who are kind of some weeks they might win and two days' work gets them a grand for playing golf. Then equally, they might then come not as high up. It must be a strange place. You don't want to just stop playing because no. two days' work to win a grand golfing is not bad. Yeah. He's had a lot of top 10 finishes. Like, sometimes they're just one round of golf, sometimes they're two. He's actually been playing on this PGA Tour since 2011, by the looks of things. So 10 years or so on the PGA Maybe we should get him on the podcast. It would be interesting, Let's wouldn't it? Let's get him on. Let's speak Because there's another friend of mine who I used to go to college with called Chris Hansen, who has been a European tour player, played in the Open, everything. And he basically quit playing golf because he just wasn't earning enough money. And he's, he's now, after about three or four years off 
not really playing professional golf, he kind of got the bugger back again. He's gone for Q school. Wow. And I'd be interested to talk to him about it. I, I'm, well. I'd be interested to know what's changed yeah. in that time. Does he, has he got like, uh, has he been seen like a psychologist or has his game suddenly improved? Or does he think, actually, if I knew what I knew now five years ago, it's interesting. He's playing in Q school now in Denmark. So it'd be good to chat to him yeah. after. Absolutely. Um, got an email for you, Rick. Okay. So, um, I'm sure most people listening know this, and I'm repeating myself maybe some weeks, but the clubhouse, right? Yep. It's a place, it's a state of mind, it's a vibe in it. It's an NFT. It's an NFT, yeah. <laughs> we sell the clubhouse NFT, it's only 45 grand, and you can join us. Um, the clubhouse, in simplest terms, if this is the first ever 45 ta- grand, or listen to every podcast. It's up you to choose, you. you choose. Ideally tell like maybe four or five friends as well, because that'd quadru no yeah quad quintuple our listenership um but yeah when you've listened to every single episode of the podcast you um tell your partner your spouse you say this morning i was a nobody and they go yeah i know and you go now i'm a member of rick shields clubhouse and they go oh my god no and you go yeah you know and you a get nobody. a pay rise you know at, a yeah <laughs> you, you go to work you walk in they go john you go hi mate yeah hi hi yeah they go um very good weekend you go yeah you go You've got a 55 grand pay rise. Go, what? They go, well, you're a member of the clubhouse. And they go, yeah. They go, well, there you go, obviously. It's a secret handshake, though. Yeah. What is so, it? So, I don't even know the secret handshake. No, if like, if you go into a meeting, if you if you shake, if you go handshake off, yeah, elbows off, handshake Knees, toes. off, <laughs> fist pump underneath fist pump. Unzip your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extra. Is that just me? (laughs) And then you and then you pinch each other's cheeks and give them a shake. Basically, that's that's a sign that you're both in the clubhouse. And then you make them harassment. But anyway, (laughs) that is a sign. So if you want to join the clubhouse, enter the clubhouse and be a clubhouse member, listen to the podcast. It's that simple. It really is. People are like, not sure if I want to be. But we've had an email from Cole Donovan, which is a cool name. Really cool. And the title is, you ready for this? I reckon he's a weekend like singer. Artist, yeah, do you know what I mean. After dinner, He's ladies not, and gentlemen, but... welcome Cole Donovan. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I was trying to think of a song and to sing as if I was Cole Donovan, but I couldn't think of a si- for that moment. I couldn't think of a single song ever recorded in the history of man, so I just paused. But the title is World's Fastest Rick Shields Podcast Clubhouse Member. Okay. Okay, ready for this? It says, Dear Guy and Rick, so he's obviously been listening to the old podcast because that's how you should intro an email. Hi, guys. I am a huge fan of the podcast. Sorry, can I start again? I can't even read an email. Huge fan of the channel. I started watching during the pandemic in 2020 when I started playing golf over quarantine. Okay. Very, we hear that a lot. Nothing a lot. new there. I've been watching both Rick and Good Good since then. When you released the podcast with Good Good, it popped up on my feed and I listened and I loved the podcast. It's great. I listened for a couple more weeks and heard about the clubhouse and decided I wanted to become a member. Okay. Okay. I'm a 24-year-old graduate studying um, and pursuing my doctorate in physical therapy, and I am away from home on clinical experience for 10 weeks in Florida, and I'm from New Hampshire. I'm down here all alone. I need a way to pass my time. So I decided to go back to episode one and see how fast I could become a clubhouse member. Wow. I started on August the 18th and just finished up today. Attached is a spreadsheet showing all of my dates and when I listen to each episode. <laughs> so it's a spreadsheet. So I've got it up here. So it's got all the podcasts. I'll show it to you. I've got a question for all, every single one. All the podcasts. It's got the side, the date you listen to them. 
and the length in minutes, right? So he's worked out, oh he's listened God. to the podcast for a total of 9,647 minutes. So 152 episodes, because there was a couple that weren't numbered that aren't like official ones. He started on 18th of August, obviously this year, and finished on the 21st of September. So it's 35 days taken. That takes him to 275 minutes per day, which is 4.59 hours per day and 4.3 episodes a day. Thoughts? Get a life. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, just to show the difference, my email back to him was, die here, love this mate, we'll be talking about this in the podcast, you legend. Rick just responds, get a life. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, thank you for the dedication. Oh my, I almost want to know what he speaks like now. I feel like he would hey, speak cold. somewhere between... Also, <laughs> hey, it's cold. It's classy. He wants a pie bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Well, yeah. we got that amazing. Thank you, Cole. And then um, just on that, another reason. <laughs> no. Do you know this guy has refused to give us his phone number? Who? Can I tell you this, Rob? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, the email about our mispronunciation. Oh, right, okay. I'll talk about it in a minute. Go yeah. On. So another reason, this is another great email. Again, if you've got an email, people sometimes ask on the Facebook group, whatever, what's the email? I'm going to say it one more time this episode. It's podcast at rickshields.com. The trick is to make sure you're spelling shields correctly. It's not shield. It's not. It's not E before I. It's I before E. Um, Except after C. Yeah. But I think there's some times. Yeah, true. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> anyway, it's from Connor Udall, I think his name is. Quite a cool name, quite a cool guy. So give me a picture of himself, um, which I can't show on air. I'm joking. It says, Hi, Guy and Rick. Love the podcast and all the videos. I wanted to share my story of my first ever hole in one. Nice. I've not been playing golf for that long, and um, it's my first full season of being a member at a golf course. I usually play off the white tees and have started to break 100 more frequently. Very good. Good to hear, Connor. I was driving to the golf course when I realised the podcast had finished, obviously the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, and I had no new episodes to listen to. I'd finally made it into the clubhouse after 104 episodes, 144 episodes at the time. I get to the golf course and I meet my friend in the pro shop. Um, he'd just finished working in the pro shop and we head out to the ra- for a round. On the first tee, I find a neon green noodle golf ball, right? Okay. At work, Noodle is my nickname. Don't know why, but anyway, long and soft. That's what the that's what slogan used to be. Um, oh, you just add hot water to it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "This could be more signs of a good day." So basically, Connor, he's rocked up to the golf club. He's made it into the clubhouse. So he's feeling like he's swagging, isn't he? He's feeling like a million dollars. Um, and then he finds a golf ball. This green golf ball, which is a weird color for a golf ball. I must add, green. Yeah, hard to find. But it's a noodle. He found it, though. He found it, and it's a noodle. His nickname's Noodle. Nudes, I call him. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, anyway, so I'm g- I'll get there in a second. We make it to hole five. It's a par three, which is right at the bottom um, of a mountain called Mount Curry. 150 yards to pin, into wind. My buddy asks, what am I thinking? I told him, I'm going for a seven iron. I'm aiming at the tree, eight foot right of the pin. It's going to draw back and hopefully run up to the pin. The strike was pure. My friend sees it draw back and roll up to the pin. I thought it was long, but my friend's face told me something different. It went straight into the hole. The neon green noodle golf ball I found the first tee is in the cup. Keep up the great work. And he sent us a picture of him, Connor Noodle, this amazing hole. Got that. We'll put this in the podcast if you're listening. Oh go watch God, it. Lovely hole. mountain. He stood there with his noodle. Legend. And that day, he got into the clubhouse. Wow. So, he went celebrate 
It Imagine the scenes. <laughs> it wasn't soft and long. Was that oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, anyway. what, what was it? Um, so um, that, that's some of the emails. We're getting good quality of emails at the minute, so please keep them up. And we still appreciate the clickbait titles. It does help. So. Let me lower the tone. Go on, then. Email from Robert S. You guys have <laughs> off this old guy. You have to mute that now. Yeah. No, no, fine. Hi, Rick. That. Been a subscriber for years. Both channels. But sadly, and very, very sadly... I have unsubscribed from both. Why, you might say. <laughs> why? No, I didn't say why. <laughs> but okay, bye. Um, well, <clears throat> it is not the content, really. Really, It's just you and Guy Aww. behaving like numpties. Wow. Okay. We do do some immature By things. Numpties. We do do some immature things. I mean, stuff. numpties, you've you got to be thinking, you know, maybe driving a... Did we, all right. If we drove a golf buggy, flipped it over a bunker, set it on fire, that's been a bit of a numpty. You know what I think a perfect numpty is? Someone that you see at the traffic light and they drop like a can of Coke or bottle out the car window. Yeah. What a numpty. What an absolute numpty. I, so I would say stronger, but if we were in the car with your kids in the car, we might go, what a numpty. What, and then you wink at me, but numpty means... And then I text you and say... I have to real swear and beat this out this time. Right, okay. So yeah. we are behaving like numpties. Well, that yeah. is why Rob has unsubscribed from both channels. Well, I'm, I'm very intrigued as now to know what we've done. What numptiness we have done. Yeah, okay. must be severe. Now, you, you spelt this incorrectly. I just want to note this. You, K's, I think it means guys. Okay. You, K's, are British, question mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not a, not a capital Y, misspelling again. But you can't even say this word, okay? I don't want to say, <laughs> you can't say the word, I can't even say that, you can't say amateur. Okay. Okay. Right. And it really bugs me. We are not Americans. And he sent a YouTube video with the correct pronunciation. We don't use American English. Sorry, but I won't be back until you learn to do it right. So okay? we say amateur for someone that's not a professional. I know, silly old English, British guy, retired, but I'm sticking up for our country, right, country now being Americanized. I don't get the fact that he's been retired as the relevance to this, but... But, again, not with a capital B, just want to pull up a few grammar mistakes he's mm. made in this email. Rob. Wow. I've got a few issues with this. Okay. First off, I've lived on this planet for 36 years. I've probably been speaking now for 34 years. I never knew I was saying the word amateur wrong. How should it be said? Amateur. Amateur. I've heard that word as well. Amateur. It sounds right, but so does amateur. Yeah. I I, I didn't know that amateur was an Americanism. Maybe. I didn't realise it was. But also, some, some Americanisms are down to where you live. So, for example, where I am, I don't think you see as much as you, we would say, for trousers, we call them pants. Like, right. I would always say to my mates, I need some new golf pants. Right. We, I'd definitely say trousers. Yeah. And we live... Twenty-five. But minutes apparently, apart. pants is the American way. But it must just be. And also, I know in the Midlands, West Midlands, they often say "mom" instead of like "mum." Yeah, but "mom" is a very Americanism. So Massively. I think I think there's some that just whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I've got a slight problem with this, Rob. So I asked for his phone number. So I wanted to ring him. Okay, and he, he replied. It was quite short. What are we going to ring him and say? I was just going to. I was just going to on repeat say, "Amateur, amateur, amateur." <laughs> no, I wasn't. He's just put no. Sorry. Oh, fair enough. So he won't even let me ring him to apologise, right? But I've got a slight problem with this. The last, last, last line, I've got a few problems with this, but the last, last line is 
Um, sorry, I won't be back until you learn to do it right. But how's he going to learn we've done it right? Because you email him and say, I've learned to do it right now. That's why I wanted to ring him. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, okay. I'm it to. So maybe, we said, maybe email him a voice note. But it, I almost have to think about it. Now, granted, I know in the past I've said performance wrong. I yeah. used to say performance. Yeah. Granted. Was that just something you said? Or yeah. Didn't you, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really know it was wrong. Right. There's another word I've said wrong, and I always have to think about it when I say it. Uh, well, even like Nike. Yeah. Before I signed with Nike, <laughs> I used to call it Nike. Yeah. And then when you when I signed with Nike, it was like, you've got to call it Nike. I'm and you like, still oh, call God. it Leland Scoots, didn't you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, say it, I say it the best. Um, yeah, so amateur. So if anybody right now listening, watching, ever hears me say this despicable, numpty word of amateur again, me or guy, amateur, if we say that word, you've got the right to, to call us out on it. Yeah. Amateur. Yeah. I don't even know if that's right anymore. Yeah, what a... What a but I've, I've, it, we, we don't like people unsubscribing and unfollowing and disliking, but if you are going to do it, that's absolutely fine. It's your prerogative, but don't feel like you have to email to tell us you're going to do it. But if you do, it's all right, because we make content out of it. Yeah, actually, If you want to subs- unsubscribe, tell us the reasons why, and we'll make content out of it. You know what, as well? I feel like if you we'll, unsub- we'll call it unsubscribe Weirdly, corner. if you unsubscribe and then go to the effort of texting, uh, sorry, emailing somebody to say you're unsubscribed, I think you're still more invested than you probably realise you actually are. I think you're still going to watch and listen. I'm just concerned. How does he know we are going to fix it? I just don't understand how I'm he's going to know. I'm going to keep saying amateur forever. Amateur. Um, Anyway. So, we have had um, some <laughs> nice, solid Facebook questions from our nice, solid Facebook audience. So, again, another reason why you should join the, the Facebook group is because you will be known as nice and solid. And that could be something you could put on your CV if you wanted to. You could say, um, or, or even a reference. So, let's just say you've got a good job as a quantity surveyor, but you see there's a job, another company, a rival company, and it's a senior quantity surveyor thinking, right, well, I want to get this job. It's 15 grand a year more, and that would help to pay off the conservatory. So you enter, for, you, you you know, you write your application at night on um, your laptop and you think, right, what can I put as a good reference? You put um, nice and solid and just put Rick Shields underneath it and it'll pass, won't it? Okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to enter with the first one that's about me and I'm just going to come in on this hot. Billy Brown, how much does Guy hate live golf? You know what, Billy Brown? I don't hate live golf. Um, we obviously talk about golf weekly and I don't claim to the biggest know all about the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, or professional golf at all. If you're looking for that, you're probably better looking at somebody like um, No Lane Up or um, what's the thing you want? Um, Four Play Pod. Those guys know what they're talking about. We're just a general vibe. Um, but I definitely don't hate it. I just ho- thought I'd like it more, but I may like it more. We're allowed to change our minds on things. If next year they de- get these real franchise teams, that could sway me, but who knows? Uh, John Carr regular listener, OG um, Facebook group member, has said, when is the Rick Shields Golf Performance Centre coming? If not, has this ever been something that Rick has thought about? The Rick Shields Amateur (laughs) Performance Centre. Basically, everyone comes out with a massive snap book and fats the chips. (laughs) Oh, That's out of order. I'm sorry. There goes that business idea. Um, I'd love to do one, one day, potentially. Watch this space. I think I think it's something that you, you could <laughs> you do. Put everyone off. No. Steve Bruce has put the um Guy Chan at the legend. We want to see you versus Rick a full match. Like at Conway. One. We had one. We've had one, yeah. Bellamy. Yeah. I won at Conway though, so let's talk about the Conway episode. We didn't it wasn't a, a full match, so was it? I didn't even know we were having a match, but I didn't know And we know we were having a match, then it's a right, okay, story. fair enough. Um and But yeah, Delamere, we did one. It's on yeah, the we channel did. now. Um we did, I won't say the result. Uh Anthony has said And by the way, it wasn't Delamere, it was Dunham. 
Dunham. Dunham Forest. Would there ever be a par two golf hole? I, I would love that. Don't think it'd have to be very short, but imagine that though. You get like out for long par five. There's literally a, a thirty yard hole. It'd have to be a putt, like just a putt. That would actually be quite good. You know, like a massive long putting green, like a thirty yard putting green. Yeah. Um, it could be Tom uh, Bowring. Previously, it's been darts, football, and badminton. What's Rick's current sport obsession? Uh, Yo, yo, in. Do you know what I really <laughs> want to get into? In interested in tennis. Tennis, do you? Yeah, I've never, ever, ever, ever played tennis in my life. It's a lot harder, I think, when I've played it than it looks. Yeah, I can imagine. Badminton, you get a bit of time. Even squash. Squash is hard, but I, I'm rubbish at tennis. So yeah, bad. I've, and I've never played it at school. Never never really played it. And uh, just I seem to watch quite a bit of it. And I feel like with Federer retiring, I think there might be a hole in the market for me Renew to fill. I think there could be. I think there could be a new Federer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like, granted, I'm maybe a late bloomer, but I can catch up. I can learn what quick. What would be your vibe? I think, would you like that one who's got like a massive surf or would you be a more finesse around the net kind of guy? Massive surf. Yeah. Pure ball speed. And I, and I, Illegal racket. Who's the guy that proper loses head all the time? I feel like I, I'd want to also compete with him. Online. I'm curious head to head. Drama. Uh, Daniel Long has said, this is a great question because I've got an exact example of this. What is the best golf club you've owned that you either couldn't get along with or just couldn't hit well? Um, I, I'll give you mine now. I knew it straight away. When I was younger, my brother very kindly bought me, I can't remember what for, I think it was my birthday or something, a tailor made rescue. When right. they first, oh, you yeah. know, when they first relaunched, yeah. they were so good. And you could get them from, I think, a two hybrid down to like a six hybrid. Yeah. And I wanted a two. And he bought me one. I can't remember why he did, but he was very generous of him, obviously. The orange one or the one no, with the No, it was like the new release. No, it was the one that was just black and kind of silver. Yeah, had like a silver board yeah. on it. Yeah, and um, he bought me one, and it was the number two. And I think it was a stiff graphite shaft, really skinny grip, I remember it. And they were really in, in fashion. I loved it, but I just couldn't hit it. Literally, I remember like every time I go to hit it, it was low and left. I just couldn't get on with it, but I couldn't take it out of the bag, partly because he bought it for me and partly because I actually loved it. I loved the look of it. Just couldn't hit it. It's very disheartening. I've had lots of putters that I've loved the look of, but just can't use. Yeah, like, I love blade. proper little blades with a dead skinny grip, but I just can't use it. My hands just don't like the skinny grips. I'm super bladed. It's just not my visual. It's when you watch Tiger putting or something like that, you think he's got a skinny ping blackout grip. He's just stroke, got a little hole in the middle of the face where it's just hit ball after ball after yeah. ball. Um, I've got some good questions here, actually, that I think you might have the answer to. So, um, Rob Watt has said, I have a match play coming up. Can you give me some stories or strategies that would help? That would be awesome. Match play. I think I think the old analogies is give give puts early and then don't give puts later yes. on. I also really like the strategy of, of play at the different speed that your playing partner's playing at. So, so if they're quite a slow player, you play really fast. And if they're quite a fast yeah. player, you play really slow. Yeah. I've always loved that strategy. There's one, yeah, that is good. There's one I've got that's a borderline gamesmanship, so it depends how... Like we're going to go with this but one I read years ago is actually quite good maybe it maybe it's only should do this if you're playing at your home club with someone who's also a member there because if you're with some if you're playing a visitor like in a club match this is a bit naughty but say if there's like potentially um a par three and it's a little bit wind into pull out if they've got the honor so they're about to hit off and they're looking pull out your three wood or something and they're going what the hell is in three that wind must be strong and next thing they go I'll go with a hybrid you tonk it over the green and then you get your five iron out it's very naughty, and I wouldn't recommend it if someone's not from the golf no, club. it's perfect. But it's one that works. Do it, do it on blind holes. 
you know, if, the, if really it's a three off the tee off a blind hole, pull yeah. your driver out if it's yeah. not your honour. Again, there's a, there's a line with that. I wouldn't, again, if you've got a member coming from another club and you say hit over them trees when it's the wrong line, that's a bit naughty. No, do it. You know, one do thing I did everybody. as a junior, this is, I've never told this story before, it's a massive regret of mine. It's borderline cheating at golf. Oh. And I've never told this story. And I'm going to say it now on a... So when I was a junior, <laughs> I was in the junior match play, right? Yeah. And I think I was about 13 or 14. I didn't ever cheat at golf. I was very much strong about the rules. And if my ball went out of bounds by a foot, it was out of bounds by a foot. Even if no one was looking, I was dead by it. And I was on this hole playing against this lad. I think I was either drawing the match, but I should have beat this. I think I did. Well, I did win in the end. And he was a lad, without being real, I should have been beating. And he hit this. He did win in the end by cheating. I won in the end. And he hit this tee shot. I still can't even say this now, but it was 16 years ago or so. And he then hit a provisional because we thought his first one would be gone. We looked for a while and we didn't see it. And then I saw his first ball. But I didn't tell him. And then he had to play his provisional. And it's lived with me to this day. Wow. How, how do you feel how, about getting off your chest? Um, I'm ready to get destroyed in the comments and I deserve it. How long have you been looking for the ball, though? Oh, it was intact because it, it was five. Was it five, five minutes, minutes then? It was then. well within the five minutes. But it was um, in like some quite long, like long rough, but not stupid long rough. Where it's one of those weird ones where you could either see it really easily or just not see it, just the way the grass was sat. Oh, my God. And uh, literally, I was. I think it was 2005 or six, So I would have been 15 or 14. So it was a long time ago now. Wow. You know, many, many. What about but, if the guy's listening? I apologise. Um, but yeah, so and I remember thinking it doesn't feel like cheating as such because even though it is technically in a way, it's like I've not. It's not like I've dropped the ball myself. I just won't say anything. I just go mute for a minute. So I walk past the ball. Do, 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 didn't see nothing. And then yeah, you had to play his provisional ball and end up winning the match. So anyone out there, don't do that. That is just downright awful. Wowzers. How do you feel about that? Uh, you would. I think you would have done tricks like that. A little bit sick. Um, okay. I just used to go in and. Go and look for it, but my eyes shut. <laughs> can't see it anywhere. No, they can't see it. Sorry, time's up. We've got to, we've got to move on. You know, I heard once actually about a cheating story. There's a guy at my golf club years ago. I can't actually remember who it was, which was probably good. And he was a bad cheat, apparently. And what he used to do was go out early in the morning with seniors, right? And he would hit it, obviously, miles further than them because he was quite a young bloke. But then he'd, he'd walk up, and it's a hilly golf course, my fast. course. So he'd walk fast and then prefer his line. There was once on this par um, four, he hit one, apparently, like well through the green. And the club owner was onto what he was doing, so he hid in the trees. This guy hit one; it went straight through the green into the trees. He bounced up and just dropped the ball in the hole. Obviously, in the hole, obviously planned. Not it all. even just no. on the green. In the hole, it obviously planned it all. I was like, "Yeah, I got an eagle too." And the club, and then the club owner was literally watching him. I think he got kicked out. Oh my god! The, but I don't get the <laughs> lengths people would go to. In the hole, but do you not think though? Sometimes the most elaborate. Like fakes. it's almost yeah, it's, it's almost, almost it can't fake that exactly. But don't forget, we heard that story only a few weeks ago about the guy who got a hole in one who didn't. The well, guy was true, but he didn't. He didn't fake it. Theory, did he? In theory, cheat. Oh my goodness, what a crazy, 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 crazy <laughs> world we're living in. Um, I've got two more for you. Robert Gilbert has said, "How do you fall back in love with golf?" Last time I played, it was my worst ever round, and I haven't had the courage to play since. That's a great question. Do you know where I fall in love with most golf? And this sounds like a stupid question, a stupid place where I would fall in love with golf. But like, you know, a little par three course we used to go to. Yeah. I love just going there sometimes and falling out of golf. A couple of clubs, mm-hmm. sunny evening, not really counting the score, but just, just out there in your own Getting thoughts. Getting some backspin. Just, just, yeah, just enjoying <laughs> a bit of, take a couple of golf balls. If you hit the first one, crap, don't worry, you got another backup. 
Like I bet you're in shorts. I'm, I'm visioning very it. much in shorts. Yeah. Maybe pencil, a round neck tee. Pencil bag when I don't really need a pencil bag because I've only got three golf clubs. It's actually better than holding them. Yeah. Um, there's no one out there. Maybe listen to a podcast. Luce maybe listen sport to this. In the bag, maybe. Luce sport. Maybe a couple of cheeky bifters. No. <laughs> <laughs> bifters, by the way, are cigarettes over here, but no, I'm only joking. Um, if I go and find a quiet corner and cry, <laughs> a little bottle of whiskey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that, if I was to ever really, really struggle, I'd almost go back to that and just go, like, this is golf to me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not about a score. It's not about trying to get it around a really challenging golf course. It's about just vibing and chilling. And, I like the vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is like that, isn't it? Even not with somebody else, like, because somebody else is there, it's, it becomes a match or a judgment or something. Just going out on your own, a little par three course, or even if you went to your own golf course, a couple of golf clubs, a couple of balls, vibe it around. And you enjoy it, and you go in your bag to get a tea, because you just snapped your last tea, and as you go in your bag, you find a um, Kit Kat Chunky that you forgot was there from, like, four weeks ago. And you're like, this is just couldn't get any better. <laughs> um, last one I've got then. It's from someone whose first name, I don't know if it's a real name. So sorry if I don't read your name out, but it looks like one of those things. You know when someone's like a teacher and they'd like have a, I don't know if you've seen this before, where they kind of jumble up the letters of the name. So it's not really, a, so it's, you it. can't search for them. But yeah. his surname's Graham. So I don't quite know. Anyway, Graham, I'll call you, has said, really struggling to find motivation to practice golf. I live literally a 60 degree wedge from the first tee at my local nine hole course. Just to interrupt that question, I love, this is one thing I love about golf, as I've done this loads of times, we explain the distance of something by a golf shop. Yeah. How was your holiday, John? Wedge. It was bloody brilliant. I was like, yeah, we were on this, this resort, right? There was a bar, lovely. It was a seven iron from the beach. No more than a seven iron. Perfect. Even into wind. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, I love it. Um, you know exactly how far exactly. that is as well, don't you? 150 yards. Um, <laughs> and then he says, so um, 60 degree wedge from the first tee at my local nine hole course, which has a practice ground. So he's literally 80 yards away. I just cannot get myself out there. Any tips on finding the motivation to practice rather than just tee up and play? So basically, it looks like he enjoys his actual golf, but he can't really be bothered practicing. Um, what tips would you give him to find his motivation? Or can you help him? Is that something he's got to find from within? Go and find a top tracer driving range. Oh, wow. Hey? Wow. You know, have a bit of fun. Vibe it. Go on longest drive. Go and, go and play St. Andrews. Just because you can on top tracing. You know what I think he should do? <laughs> go to Trafford Golf Centre, right? Treat himself. Walk up the stairs. See the Rick Shields mural. Take a picture with it. Why yeah, not? Why the, not? The competition's closed now, but still take a picture with it. Why not? Send it to Rick. Next thing, Rick shares your story. Ooh, nice, right? You walk into American Golf. See some Lyle Scott. You see a polo. You, think, you know what? I've worked hard this week. I'm going to buy myself a Lyle Scott polo. You buy that. You go to the uh, range. You buy 40 you balls. Oh, you, know you need something to wear on your feet. Okay, so you're thinking, well, I've come in my trainers, I do like these trainers, but I want a bit more traction, I want a bit more stability, but I also prioritise comfort. Comfort and, over I, everything. Comfort, but I'm also very, very keen on a waterproof shoe. Ideally, Gore-Tex, I don't want my feet getting wet. I love playing good golf. I want to play elite golf. I want no distractions, nothing to put me off a game. So you walk up to the footwear stand, <laughs> you see the echo, you try them on, you're a UK 9, you try on the 43, it fits like a glove. The comfort glove. is unparalleled. You think, actually, my trainers are comfy, yeah. Now that's Ultra Boost, but they're not... A Patch on these. If anything, I'm going to bin my trainers because these now are my golf shoes and my trainers in one. So I've saved money, <laughs> if anything. You then walk to the range, you buy your 40 balls. At Trafford, top trainers included, as it is at many ranges. Many. You're paying a bit more for your balls. Yes, you are. But the good quality balls and you're getting top tracer. You walk onto the range, you're hitting balls. You're piping it, you're striping it. And do you know what you think? I fancy nine holes around a golf course in St. Andrews, but potentially not the old course. Okay. So I'm going to go nine minutes out of town and go to the Duke's 
golf course. I'm not sure if it's on top tracer. It's not. But all courses. Jumping on there, go, I'm going to play a little nine holes. And you finish and you go, I've played really well there. I feel fresh in my line. Scott, my Echo's huge. You've got your Garmin watch on. You're flowing. You're cruising. And you go into the cafe and have fish and chips and load it full of ketchup. And next thing, guy trying to walk in. Done. And you think, well, oh, I've come to the range. I've got a picture of Rick Shields mural. I've got my Echo shoes. I've got my Lion Scott's off. I've got my Garmin watch. I've hit 50 balls on top tracer at the old course or Duke's course if Duke's course is on there. And then Guy walks in and you go, hiya, Guy. I go, hiya, man. He goes, where's Rick? I go, he's just here. <laughs> and then Rick walks in. And he goes, oh, my God, lads. I am top of the long drive leaderboard. See if you can do it and tweet me later. We got all, yeah, not a problem. In fact, watch your Twitter and your Instagram. We'll fo- follow you straight away and right now. And then you say, in fact, I'm not doing anything tonight. You're not doing anything. Let's stay with him, right? Next thing, we all do long drive together. We all ring our wives. We divorce our wives instantly. We then get a bachelor pad in Manchester, the three of us. Go for a pizza. We go and get a holiday home in St. Andrews. <sighs> in fact, we just we just get a family room in the Old Course Hotel. I think I want this guy <laughs> in my life. <laughs> What's his name again? <laughs> Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing, Graham's on the podcast in the middle. <laughs> and if that doesn't mo- motivate you to play more golf, nothing will. Yeah. On that note, sometimes you've got to find the motivation within. That's going to be worth five stars on Apple, aren't it? If you're, rate, if you're into rating podcasts, be that guy he's proper or gone, girl. He's proper gone with us. Uh, he's sobbing his heart. <laughs> He's lost love for golf, and that's the answer he gets. But that's the answer you expect to get from a podcast like this. Absolutely. So if you want to rate us on Apple, give us five stars. And if you don't, get lost. You've deleted from our lives. <laughs> Talking rubbish now. And if you, But if you do give it one star, unsubscribe. Make sure you email. We want, we want to know why. Because then we'll a make a story. After now, after that. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Um, this might come out on air i feel like matt's got a lot of editing on yeah, this one he really has he's got but all day though either way enjoy it guys thanks for everyone listening um to uh, swear one more to, to cole to cole you've got a this is a new one to put on the spreadsheet and yeah. uh again please go and seek advice go and go and get find a girlfriend do something do something with your life because i'm worried about your cole can we have one more swear word for matt to bleep um tits <laughs> <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> you f- <laughs> You have to do that one now. <laughs> See you in a bit. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.